We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the DFS OGs podcast right here on rotogrinders.com, talking everything week three, not just football. We talk it all here. So, again, if you guys have questions for the show, keep an eye out on Twitter. I'll put a link out there usually on Monday. We'll get to a few questions here, but of course, we're here to cover Thursday night. Guys, $1 million tournament for Jets and Browns. Unbelievable how this industry has grown, but let's bring in my OGs. Derek, let's get started with you. How was week two? How are we doing, brother? Week two wasn't too bad. Uh, slightly losing week, uh, so I'll take it. Definitely played more tournaments than I probably should have, uh, cashing most of my double-ups and head-to-heads and stuff, but uh, played too many tournaments, but overall, not too bad. Nice. Chop, week two. How about that Patrick Mahomes, my man? Yes, Mahomes, man, Mahomes. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, week two was pretty good. I, I can't complain. I, I, I would take that every week if I could, so uh feel pretty good about it. Hopefully, uh, it's a sign of things to come here. Yeah, same. Had a pretty good week, too, so hoping to keep the momentum going in here in week three. But let's talk about this $1 million tournament, guys. $10 buy-in. You only have to beat 117,000 people in this one-game tournament. But we will talk the showdown pricing on DraftKings here. So, Chop, let's get started with you. I know you're not a huge fan of these, but if you are playing it, how are you attacking this? How are you going to be different than 117,000 people? You know, it's just one of those things where uh, you can you can try to be different and and you're probably looking at losing your money, though. But if you don't want to be different, you want to be chalky, gives you a better chance to finish up top. But just like this past Monday slate, uh, there was like a hundred and something people tied for first. So, you know, that big money really doesn't turn into that huge money. So uh, it's just a preference of what you want to do. So. This is a good game. It's interesting. We've got the Darnold came back down to earth here in this last game and uh, looked a little bit more human and as opposed to the Hall of Fame guy that people were chalking him up to be. And Curse came back and didn't make much of an impact at all. I think we see where his targets are going to go. He wants to go to Quincy with it. So we go there. I mean, it's a really tough team to figure out. It's one week it's Crowell. The next week it might be Powell. I think that's where you that's where you take your stand and you're different. You choose one and hope you choose right at the running back for the Jets. Because I think everybody knows Darnold is in play and Quincy is in play and Robbie Anderson's in play for a long for a long touchdown. After that, that that offense is pretty dry. So you take a shot at a running back. And on the flip side, Cleveland Cleveland's interesting. 
they just got rid of one of the better receivers in the game. So there's some things opened up in that offense. Maybe we saw Callaway make a big play. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's Higgins. I'm, I'm, I would lean – I think everybody's looking at Callaway after the catch, but I would, I would already lean Higgins because I'm just not sold that the rookie wide receiver is going to make that big of an impact in the long run. So I would lean Higgins as the guy to differentiate my roster. I think this is actually an Injoku week right here. I think yes. I think he's finally going to get something going. So I'll, I'll put some shares there. And considering the first two games, maybe nobody will be on him because he's totally disappointed. But that's not going to last the whole year. This is this looks like a good uh, opportunity to get on the Injoku train right here. Yeah, I agree. I love Antonio Callaway. I love his big playability. But 6600 it's a pretty big price. When you can look down, Injoku's 4600 Higgins only 3200 even a Duke Johnson, who they're saying they want to get more involved, Derek, 5,600. So kind of parse through these Cleveland re- receivers, running backs, pass-catching options, and then the Jets. You know, a lot of different ways we can go here. We haven't always been able to say that about the Jets, but Anunua, Powell, Crowell, who's your, who's your favorite Jet there? Yeah, I agree with Chop on basically everything that he said. The question for me is how the Browns are going to ruin uh, another game. I can't believe uh, <laughs> how they keep losing these games. Uh, I'd like to hit on the Josh Gordon thing, too, if we can. Uh, oh, yeah. We can do whatever the hell we want. That's the beauty of <laughs> having a podcast. Go ahead. I mean, I just – I don't get it. He shows up to practice or whatever. They say he's not himself, but, uh, you know, there's no suspensions from the league. And then they say, you know what, we're just going to release him. They released a statement, and then all of a sudden teams are like, hey, why don't we uh, trade you for him? So then the Browns patting themselves on the back. Oh, yeah, we generated a bunch of trade buzz by releasing that statement. I mean, could this team be any worse run than they currently are? And then they blow the game against the Saints. I mean, I just – it's 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 mind-boggling to me. Uh, now we get to see Josh Gordon on the Patriots. So, uh, I mean, good for Gordon. Uh, he's, he's out of Cleveland finally. But, a- anyway, back to this game. Yeah, on the Jets' side of the ball, it does look like uh, Nunwa is Darnold's favorite target. Going to keep uh, clicking the button on him, uh, not hitting the smash button chop. Um, and then uh, when it comes to the running backs, definitely just got to pick one and roll with it. Uh, didn't look like Kirsch really did anything. He's kind of behind Terrell Pryor as their uh, third receiver. So if you want to take a shot on Pryor, I don't hate it. The snap count actually imp- increased uh, in week two with Kirsch back in the lineup. Cleveland side. It couldn't have gone worse for Landry and Najoku last week. We kind of expected them to get down in a big hole against the Saints and then air it out, and that just didn't happen. They kind of just tried to melt the clock after they built that lead. So I think this is a good bounce-back spot for their passing offense. I like Landry. I like uh, Najoku. And like Chop mentioned, everyone's going to be looking to Callaway after that big catch. Uh, Higgins was just as good. If you take away that big, uh, long touchdown from Callaway, Higgins would have had the better, better game. He's significantly cheaper, probably going to be uh, similar ownership, and he's half the price. So definitely prefer Higgins over Callaway. And, uh, yeah, Duke Johnson, I think uh, I like that call as well. And don't forget Terrell Pryor, a little bit of revenge here, playing his former team in Cleveland, saw eight targets last week. So Robbie Anderson's kind of fallen off, and Nunwa, the talk of the town, but Pryor, the guy that uh, I think could be sneaky here. And Chop, our boy learned a lesson. He's not smashing football players anymore. Just don't smash those guys. You put them in your roster, Jared. Don't smash them. It didn't even help last week. Oh, it did not. So let's move on (laughs) to Sunday. Main slate, uh, early action, first game. A lot of fantasy goodness potential here with New Orleans and Atlanta. Derek, let's get started with you. Pretty high total here, sitting at about 53. Pretty close spread, about a three-point spread. So 
fireworks galore. Julio Jones kind of disappointed last week. Tevin Coleman did what we thought. And New Orleans, look, it's been a struggle. I mean, they have not looked good here. Can they clean things up? Can they get crisp here? Can they get it done against Atlanta? Yeah, love this game. This will probably be the one that everyone looks to stack, and rightly so. Uh, we called Christian McCaffrey last week on the pod, end up with 14 catches. Uh, the Falcons, the worst team uh, when it comes to defending running backs out of the backfield each of the last three years. They're still missing Deion Jones. At least we expect him to be out again in week three. So you got to think this is going to be a great spot for Kamara. Um, he's going to be my top running back of the week, even though I do like Gurley quite a bit as well. But I just love the upside for him. Also like the running back on the other side. Uh, Tevin Coleman had two touchdowns vultured by Matt Ryan. I don't expect that to happen again. Um, he did lose some uh, work to the backup, but he still played, I think, two-thirds of the snaps. So I'll go right back to Coleman. And then uh, the passing game is obviously viable as well. Michael Thomas, really the only guy I want to play in the Saints passing attack. And good spot for Julio Jones. Um so, I mean, a lot to like in this game. You can stack it uh, and bring it back with players from the other side, too. Yeah, I think Kamara, not that he's going to go unowned, but I think his ownership will take a dip. You know, a lot of people had him last week and you know, didn't perform up to what we saw in week one. And like you mentioned, Derek, th this is about the best matchup that you could ask for as a pass-catching running back, and I don't think there's many better than Alvin Kamara in that department. So, Chop, agree with that. It's a big price to pay, 9500 what do you think there? And then obviously, what are you hitting on the rest of this game, Saints and Falcons? Yeah, the Saints are pretty – they're going to be pretty cut and dry all year long. And they've become like a very – like a, a three-man centered offense. It's Breeze, Kamara, and Michael Thomas, at least until uh, Big Boy gets back from his uh, PED suspension. Well, I'm, forget, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Mark Ingram. Yeah, Ingram. Right now, it's a three-man three show, Thomas, Kamara, and Breeze. And Thomas and Kamara are going to put up good numbers every week. So, that's pretty easy right there. You can roll with that. And, obviously, Kamara would be – I mean, he'd be my choice as the number one back right now. So, I'll, I'll put him in plenty of lineups. On the flip side, boy, I really – that game went kind of the opposite with for Tevin Coleman as I thought it would go. I, I thought he would catch a lot of passes out of the backfield and, and do a lot of work in the past game and he actually ended up running for a hundred yards on a very tough run defense. So I love Coleman loving me. I don't like the price increase as much, but, and I still, you still got to love Coleman. He's just a, a really fluid back, man. He's really good. I think he's better than Freeman and he's going to get a bigger workload. So I'm good with that. Julio, I'm, I'm hundred percent accepted of firing up Julio this week. Uh, I don't mind a tough matchup. I think, there's not a single defensive back in the league that can one-on-one -on -one stop him. So if they want to try to shadow him with Lattimore, uh, I would encourage playing Julio in that situation because nobody's going to stop Julio one-on-one. -on -one. And, you know, they're a similar team. Ryan Coleman and Julio is pretty much the only way you want to go. I mean, you, you could try to one-off a, a quick touchdown from Calvin Ridley or Sanu, but I don't, I don't like to play that game with number two and number three wide receivers when you got such a stud like Julio. Yeah, I mean, it's another – we talked about it last week. It, it, this will be a good one to bounce back and come back to. You know, if you if you went back to Kelsey and Keelan Cole and Chris Hogan and a lot of the guys that burned people in week one, you got them very low on and they produce. And I think we could see that here with Julio Jones' chop. I agree it's a tough matchup with Lattimore. Still saw nine targets in that game. So always going to get 10-plus targets in a potential shootout at home. I think Julio bounces back in a big way. So let's move on, Chop. Next game, Green Bay and Washington. we got the Packers going in 
to the nation's capital. Tie game. Can we just end ties? I mean, what the, what the hell is it with ties in football? Like, I bash on my buddies that are soccer fans about ties. Why can't we just play until somebody wins the game? I, I don't understand that. But anyway, moving on. If you got a comment about that, throw it in there, Chop. But we saw Aaron Rodgers play, get the job done. I, I don't think it's vintage Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Do we want to pay that price for him? And then the other side, Washington looked great week one, come home, drop a dud in week two against the Colts. Which Redskins team do we get in this one? Well, I would say a couple things there. Number one, as far as the ties, they ought to just do away with overtime and NFL and, and use the overtime system that they have for college. It's exciting. It's fun. So what if it's like a little bit kind of like penalty kicks in soccer, you know, you where the guys – you get your drive, it starts at the opponent's 25, and, you know, you go back and forth till somebody wins the game. It's so much better than the 15 boring minutes of punting, 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 and punting that we're getting now. But anyway, that's a different – and then the second thing I wanted to bring up was, man, how awful was that call on your Packers? Oh, of don't get the me faster. started. Don't get me started. That not only ended that game, made that game end up the way it was, but also from that point – to the rest of the game, those digs and Thielen and Cousins stacks absolutely oh, yeah. went crazy because of a terrible call, which would have ended the game, basically. So, man, just, that's Just rough. put a pink jersey on the quarterbacks. I mean, that, that's where rough. we're at right now. It, I mean, just put, put them in there. a little onesie and don't touch the baby. You can't, you can't touch I mean, the baby. Come seriously, on. that's what it is, but that's just – that's the way they want it. I guess they want to try to protect them. But, boy, these guys are in a tough spot to try to do any tackling on the quarterback once you get there. Now you can't even fall on them. I mean, it's just – that sucks. But that's the way it is. So, we got to bounce back here. Green Bay on the road at Washington should be a fun game. I think uh, Aaron Rodgers looked good. I I put all the knee worries behind me there. But I don't think we've seen a a running back yet come out of this backfield and do anything for Green Bay. Maybe this is the week. Devontae Adams looks matchup proof when he can absolutely torch Xavier Rhodes like he did last week. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I did read them on Monday morning, he torched Xavier Rhodes. So if he can do that to him, he can do that to anybody. So Devontae's matchup proof. Uh, Rodgers is obviously matchup proof. But I expect one of these running backs to finally step up and do something this game. I know they get Aaron Jones back this game, but uh, I guess Jamal Williams is the guy there that we have to take a shot at. I think Jamal Williams can can do something. On the other side, Alex Smith has done exactly what he did in Kansas City. He leads a nice, boring offense that wants to check down the running backs and things like that. So – Really, it's not too exciting. I'm not going to Adrian Peterson. Chris Thompson would be my preferred play, but, you know, he, he caught a lot of catches last week. I don't know how much he's going to catch this week. These, these wide receivers are just – it's terrible. It's spread out. Josh Dotson can't hold on to the ball. Like he's, a, he's a huge bust right now. Richardson, I don't believe in him. And Crowder's not getting the work. With everybody healthy, Crowder's not getting the work. We expected that like he got last year. So, pretty much, I think I can stay away from this uh, Washington team. Yeah, it's outside of Thompson. It's, it's really hard to trust. We even thought we could trust Jordan Reed, and, and that didn't go so well. So when the team brings in Michael Floyd, it, you, you got to worry about their wide receivers. So oh, did, Can I can – let, let me get – all right, I, we could use this one, my, my <laughs> thing, you know, where you get it off your chest, whatever that segment is, I forget. But uh, You want to pour I, one out here, Chop? Is that what no, you're doing? No, not a pour one. I don't know. We're just – it's like a box beef, but I'll just – this is – right. I don't, I don't understand these teams. <clears throat> so you want to go sign Michael Floyd. Do you not realize 
that a couple hours earlier, if you would have ponied up a fourth-round draft pick, you could have had Josh Gordon. Like, you know, if you're going to take on a Michael Floyd who is – was <laughs> don't tell me Josh Gordon has baggage because Michael Floyd got busted, just totally inebriated, like blacked out drunk behind the wheel of a car less than a couple years ago. So don't tell me you're taking on baggage with Josh Gordon. No, just a little weed compared to what Floyd did. I'll take the guy on weed any day. So – yeah, you could have pointed up a fourth-round pick and got one of the better wide receivers in the game. And all these, all these teams out there that are desperate for wide receiver help, give it a shot, man. I'm sure the Cleveland would have rather traded Josh Gordon out of conference instead of giving him to New England for a fifth-rounder. Just pony up something, and you would have had your offer accepted probably and got a Josh Gordon. Now you guys are out there struggling, bringing in these has-beens and nobodies. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. So, uh, I'm sorry. P- please proceed. Let's not forget Brashard Perryman was signed by Washington mm. as well. So, yes. it's just kind of added. Real game changer, guys. Right. And what does this say about Des Bryant? That these dudes are getting signed and he can't find a job. I mean, pretty ridiculous. So, Derek, if you want to talk about washed-up wide receivers, you can do that. Uh, what do you got in Packers and Redskins? Yeah, we need a name for Chop's rant. That was pretty good. That was good. Uh, Chop always brings the heat on those rants, so (laughs) I I like it. We'll come up with something. So if you're out there, you got an idea, hit us up on Twitter. we got to name that. And Beer, are you coming down with something? Your voice seems really deep today. Oh, I'm I'm fired up. I'm still fighting off (laughs) Vegas. Who knows what what I picked up while I was out there. So lots of (laughs) things going on over here. And Chop's got me all fired up about these washed-up receivers. And, and uh, the, the bad call on Clay Matthews. So, I'm all over the place. All right. Yes, for Washington, only two guys on my radar. Uh, Chris Thompson, 13 receptions last week. I think AP, you know, we saw what, uh, you know, he did last week. Just nothing. Uh, unless they're in an extremely favorable game script, uh, he has no fantasy appeal, especially on DraftKings. So, Thompson's going to be the guy I like there. And Jordan Reed still saw eight targets, caught six balls for 55 yards. Still think he's viable, even though we tend to – pay down for a tight end on DraftKings. Maybe more in play over on FanDuel. For Green Bay, agree with you guys. I like Devontae Adams. Played really well in that tough matchup last week. He's got a touchdown in each of the first two games, and uh, he should be able to avoid, uh, you know, Norman for the most part. And, uh, yeah, I think for the mo- for uh, the first week with Aaron Jones back, I'm going to be avoiding that situation. Just want to see how the snaps and the touches go. Uh, so, for me, it's probably just going to be Adams. Don't really want to pay 7100 for Rodgers. I think he'll have a fine game. But um, I'm looking to pay up a running back again this week. Yeah, quick note on the running backs. Uh, I'm excited about Aaron Jones being back. But let's not forget, Williams one of the better pass-protecting running backs in the league. And with Rodgers' inability to move and that offensive line really struggling, you know, I think Williams is still going to be the guy that's out there. So, again, I know Jones is back. I think he's the better running back. But – Right now, with the way things are, I think Williams will still get the majority of the snaps. All right, Derek, let's move on. Colts and Eagles, the return of Carson Wentz. So I think the big question is, can we play him in Daily Fantasy this week? Yeah, I think so, as long as, uh, you know, practice reports clear and everything. 6,200, really good price point, facing a really nice matchup in the Colts. I think the Eagles have one of the highest implied totals on the board. And the running game, I mean, hasn't been great so far. So I certainly think we can uh, look to Carson Wentz here. Definitely an upgrade to his uh, pass catchers. You know, uh, Zach Ertz kind of off to a slow start. I think he's going to bounce back in this one. I like Aguilar. And then uh, not really sure what to do with the Colts. You know, Andrew Luck just continues to, 
you know, hit these short uh, passing routes, not really looking to take a lot of shots downfield. I don't really know. I don't really want to play him on the road outdoors against a tough Philly defense, so I'll probably pass on him. And T.Y. Hilton, always going to be viable in tournaments with luck as long as he's healthy. Uh, maybe a bounce back spot for uh, Jack Doyle. Only saw five targets last week, but we know uh, that he does have some upside, and he's only 3,500 on DraftKings. All right, Chop, same question for you. Carson Wentz, of any interest? And then I want to add in Corey Clement, 4,300. I think will provide good value as long as Darren Sproles is out. Ajayi's banged up. Uh, they called up Adams from the practice squad. So how are you handling Wentz? What are you doing with those Philadelphia running backs? And then Indy, any interest in the Indy side? Uh, the Indy side, very little interest. I would probably echo what Derek said. Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle. Those are about the only three guys I would even vaguely want to entertain roster and I don't like taking Hilton outdoors but then again put up a pretty decent game last week outdoors uh the way they're getting him involved in this thing with the short passing game he's going to rack up a, a lot of receptions so I could go there on the other side Philly's interesting I mean I'm really super interested in taking Carson Wentz this week coming off of the injury uh I mean I, I assume he's healthy to play or else they wouldn't run him out there and if he is then uh he should be able to pick apart this this defense and we've got a main pass we have two big pass catchers here Aguilar and Ertz those are the two guys you can pair him with so it's pretty straightforward I don't think it's a huge running game for the Eagles and uh we just got word that Ajayi is out this week so you know we could get you know Corey Clement could provide some nice value but I think that that makes it even more likely that Carson Wentz passes more so I'm super interested in Carson Wentz to Aguilar and Ertz. Oh, you're, you're breaking news here on the, on the pod. News, yeah, baby. I, I didn't see the Ajay. And I, and I, I know we're it. recording early, so anybody that's listening to this, they're like, ah, dummy, we, we already have that news. But, yeah, it looks like that report is coming in. So Clement may be one of the best values on, on this slate. And, again, Josh Adams, I don't think he's even on the in the player pool. So, uh, we'll see what happens there, but interesting. Wendell Smallwood well, m- maybe even gets a pump here. I would chime in that, you know, when, before we got all this uh, – so just a quick quick story here. Before, uh, like a few weeks ago, kind of tidying up for NFL, figuring out what we're going to do on Roto Grinders, and I was real bored. I'm real bored. You know, I'm sitting there thinking, here's another football season. I'm only playing at DraftKings, only playing the NFL. This is going to be boring till basketball. You know, this is the way it's been the last couple years. No clue that this other this stuff with like college football and FanDuel and all this was going to come back all at once. So I'm, I'm so I, I committed to doing these alerts for RG, you know, so like at a certain time of day, I'll sit down and I'll just open up Twitter. And that's my whole job. Just stare at Twitter and wait for the breaking news, you know, and, and then and then tweet it out. Right. That's what I do. So so I kind of got by and then all of a sudden we got all this other stuff coming in. And I was like, oh, no, my time is kind of spread thin now, but I still do it every morning, though. So that's kind of my thing, man, is uh, to sit there. And then you talk about pressure. Boy, that's some pressure, man, because. You know, the guys in charge, are, they want me to break that news, man. They want me to break it quick before everybody else. So I'm sitting there and I'm staring down. There's a lot of pressure on that. So this news, I got this news, this breaking news is second handled to me. Now I got this. See, Derek, we got our own Adam Schefter right on the pod here. We had a little, little Adam Chopter. We'll have to come up with a name for Chop here, but breaking the news. All right, let's move on to the next game. Chop, Buffalo and Minnesota. I mean, this one, the highest spread we've seen in quite some time it's reached 17 in a lot of places so 
Obviously, Minnesota, the team that we're going to focus on here, I, I don't see any interest in the Buffalo side, at least for me. But is it the running game? Is it the passing game? Is it all of the above here? Or do we worry about the blowout uh, and kind of limit our exposure to Minnesota? So how are you handling the Vikings? I'm just going to put a big umbrella on this whole game. The only guy I'm even vaguely interested in here is Dalvin Cook because of the reasons you just said. It's, Buffalo's not competitive. Minnesota's too good. It's not going to challenge Cousins and Thielen and Diggs at those big price tags. I'll pass on all that and hope Dalvin can break one or have a, a good game pounding the ball in the second half, and that's about it. So that being said, any interest in Latavius Murray? I know Cook, they're saying it was just a cramp, but maybe they don't want him out there for, for three quarters, and maybe Murray does the heavy lifting. Any interest there? Latavius Murray will not be in my player pool. All right, there you go. Derek, same for you. I think this one's pretty easy, but do you agree with Chop? Uh, are you limiting your Minnesota exposure, or is it stack them up against the Bills? No, nah, this one scares me. I don't think the Bills are going to keep this one close at all. Uh, I love the Vikings defense in this one, and I love the fact that they're priced up to 4300 on DraftKings. I think on FanDuel we're going to see like 40% ownership. They're only 4900 over there, softer pricing as well. So uh, they're going to be very popular. But I'm going to be paying up for them on DraftKings as well just because I don't think many people will find that extra salary uh, to get all the way up to the Vikings. Definitely worried about their offense. You know, they're going to get off to a good start. They're probably going to play very well in the first half, and then I kind of expect them to coast the rest of the way, see some Latavius Murray in the second half. But he's 5,800. Uh, I don't think I can pay that price point for you know, a backup running back. So for me, it's just going to be the Vikings defense. Yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement. Like you said, Murray, it's intriguing, but it's not a gimme price tag. So uh, that one I'm going to keep an eye on. But probably just the Vikings D for me, and I don't mind the Dalvin Cook call. All right, guys, now on to the next game. Derek, we got Raiders and Dolphins. Surprisingly, the Dolphins 2-0 and and another good spot here against Oakland. And uh, the Raiders were in that game against Denver. So probably should have won that one, but Denver ends up pulling it off. What do you see happening here, Raiders and Dolphins? Yeah, it's definitely an interesting game. You know, two teams that haven't been great defensively. If you uh, just pull up the little players uh, and sort by this game only, there's just a lot of green when it comes to the DVP, uh, especially in the running back department. Kenny Drake, a great matchup. I think he's going to be a guy that I'm going to play in tournaments. I know he's losing some work to Frank Gore, but I'm not too worried about that. As far as the passing game goes, uh, just got to wait and see if Devontae Parker's back. It sounds like he could have played last week, but they decided uh, not to. So if he is back, I'll probably be avoiding uh, the Dolphins receivers. If he's out, I may take a look at Kenny Stills again. And for the Raiders, I just don't know what to do. I mean, Jared Cook is probably the most consistent option, and how scary is that? I mean, he's been one that's, of the most that's... inconsistent players in the NFL the last five years. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's some interesting – Options here? I just don't know how to attack it. And why is it that Amari Cooper only plays well when, when you don't want to play him? Well, he goes into Denver and catches 10 of 10 targets, but any other time he can't do anything. So, Chop, any interest in going back to the Amari Cooper? Well, 6,600 on DraftKings. And then what are we doing with these Dolphins? I mean, Kenyon Drake looks good, but he's splitting the workload with Frank Gore in the passing game. It's one of those teams they just spread it out so much. So, as much as I like Kenny Stills, can we, can we go back to that well this week? So Amari Cooper is uh, – it's the current current day version of Todd Gurley to me. This is my new project. You know, it used to be Gurley where you just pound him in there every week and, you know, let everybody dog him for his 
for what they perceived him to be, but then we, we really knew he was really good. And, and then he finally, finally showed through with the right coaching. Well, that's kind of like Cooper to me. I know he's good. Like I've, we've seen the guy play for forever now since Alabama. We just know he's good. He's still super young. He just needs the right pieces around him and the right coaching staff. So I'm not giving up on him yet. Yeah. I'm going to go back to Cooper. I think this is going to be a big year for him and I'll, you know, I missed the train in the Denver game, and it, was, it wasn't because I doubted Cooper. It was because I didn't want to match up with the, the Denver defense like that. But, you know, obviously mistakes were made right there. So I think you could take him in this game against Miami. I'm not sold that that defense is actually as good as it's put out there on paper so far this year. I would go to a Cooper, and that's about the only guy I want to take in that, on that Oakland side. And on the Miami side – yeah, man, you nailed it. They spread it out so much. Devontae Parker should be back this week. He was really close last week. Uh, for some reason, was a late inactive, but I would assume he's going to be back. They're going to spread it out. They got four receivers there, any of whom can catch a pass on any down. So I'll probably pass on this offense. So they just spread things around too much. So, Chop, I got to call you out, brother. Uh-oh. So you, you, you lectured Derek that he couldn't smash, and I forget who he smashed. You just said he'd spend a year pounding Todd Gurley. <laughs> there you go, man. So Have you ever seen Todd fair, Gurley? Fair as Have fair. I seen seen Todd him. Gurley. That's, that's a very handsome man. That's, I'm not, that's, that's, he's that's a good-looking guy. Man. I'm just a, a whole year of pounding Gurley. I'm just, just trying to keep things even around here. So Smashing and pounding. Smashing, pounding. Show and, uh, we'll, we'll get gonna, to a little. We're going we're gonna to wonder why our ratings are so high in the red light district <laughs> in Washington. <laughs> they love us in Amsterdam and in Vegas. Oh, That's where gracious. we get the most listeners. All right, let's move on from all the, the pounding and smashing <laughs> to Denver and Baltimore chop. Uh, I mean, speaking of good defenses and, and pounding and smashing, that's what could happen here. Uh, could be a lower scoring game. So any interest uh, DFS-wise in this one? Uh, there's a little bit. I, I, these are the kind of games I usually don't like to uh, pry too far into. But I just throwing out some some names. Number one on the Denver side, Philip Lindsay. Obviously, looks like he's taken over more touches in the backfield than anybody. I mean, Freeman was the third on the list last week. Lindsay has the type of game catching balls out of the backfield that would line up best with Baltimore. So I think you could go there. Emmanuel Sanders playing the slot. Uh, who was it on? I think it was a Thursday night game. Baltimore against Cincy this past week. He was Boyd. Yeah. <laughs> who absolutely crushed this defense coming out of the slot. So Sanders is better than Boyd. I'm not – that's not a reason why you would take him. Just everything plays out for Sanders to be a, a solid target in this game too. So uh, those, those are two guys I think you could look at. On the Baltimore side, that's where I would probably draw the line. Don't want Flacco. The backfield is a mess. Nobody's defined themselves. Crabtree is a one – you know, if Crabtree does anything, it's going to be a touchdown, you know, like – Here's four catches for 50 yards. Oh, and a touchdown. There's no – it doesn't seem like there's any upside there unless he's, like, really holding – you know, I don't know what he's – Aqib Tlaib's not on the other side no more, so maybe he won't play scared. But then there's John Brown. I don't think I want to play John Brown against this secondary. So uh, Baltimore is not a place I want to go. But those two guys for Denver have a little bit of interest from me. Yeah, Lindsey's still only 4,600. And like you said, I, I'm a big Royce Freeman guy, but you, you have to look at reality. And Lindsey's been the much better running back uh, so far through two weeks. So, and John Brown, 4,800, Derek, of some interest here. I think you can beat Denver over the top. It's risky, but I think that price is still lagging behind. But who stands out to you here outside of the defenses, maybe Broncos and Ravens? 
Not a ton of interest for me. I do like the Emmanuel Sanders call by Chop. Uh, Tyler Boyd, like you mentioned, just uh, tore up this defense in the slot last week. So I like that call. A little interest in John Brown. If you're making 10 tournament lineups, I'd throw him on one. Uh, and I have, I want to see what uh, Alex Collins is going to be able to do in this game. We saw Marshawn Lynch uh, have a pretty decent first half against the Broncos last week. Alex Collins was out to a good start against the Bengals, and they just fell behind. I did did receive four targets, uh, three catches for 55 yards. I know he lost the goal line work to Javorius Allen uh, two weeks in a row, but I'm interested to see what's going to happen. Probably won't play him, but he's a guy to keep my eye on. I still think he's a pretty talented running back. All right, moving on, next game. Guys, A.J. Green on the road alert here. Cincinnati going to Carolina. Cincinnati looked good uh, in that Thursday night game. So a little bit of extra rest for them, but Green was good. Unfortunately, they lost Joe Mixon. So cover Gio Bernard. I I think he's going to be a big topic across the DFS landscape this week. I see a cash game play for you. I think the sites did a good job of pricing him up. So not a free square out there, but your interest level in Gio Bernard at 5,900 on DK, FanDuel 6,400, and in Carolina, coming back home, McCann put up numbers, McCaffrey put up numbers, Funchess was good. Is that the three that you want from Carolina this week, Derek? Yeah, Carolina's pretty easy. You know, you play Cam, you play uh, C-Mac, and you play Funchess. Not a ton of interest in anyone else there. Uh, their tight end situation, he and Thomas didn't really do much. So uh, just going to be those three once again. C-Mac, I think he's fine, but uh, I'm still worried about his rushing upside. If he doesn't catch a bunch of balls, then he's probably going to struggle. Um, also, have some tar- some exposure to him in tournaments because I do think they're trying to get him the ball as often as they can. 22 touches was promising last week. Uh, as far as uh, Giovanni Bernard, yeah, one of my favorite point-per-dollar plays. I do like that the sides priced him up, uh, and he's just one of those guys that's going to catch a lot of passes. You know, one of the best pass-catching running backs in the NFL. He's also going to get some rushing work. So, especially on a site like DraftKings, I definitely think I will be paying that price point. A.J. Green on the road, always viable. Tyler Boyd looked really good last week. Uh, doesn't seem like his price got a bump either. He's only 3700 so I think he'll probably be popular. But it does feel like we're chasing points a little bit with that one. Yeah, I agree on that one. It was great. I think his role will grow, but I don't know that he's going to put a game like that on the board again. But 3700 a not a bad price. So, Chop, same thing. Your boy A.J. Green on the road. Gio Bernard in play now. And then the Carolina side of things. Who are your favorites in this one? Yeah, for A.J. Green, I mean, I mean, we were all pretty willing to uh, load up on Julio last week against Carolina just based on – you know, maybe a little history there and things like that. Well, uh, A.J. Green is in that same level. He's not quite Julio Jones, but he's a, a premier wide receiver. So, any you know, playing on the outside out there, I don't, I don't see a reason why I wouldn't play A.J. Green. I'm not really scared of this matchup. So, A.J. Green, but no other wide receivers. I'll pass on all those guys. Bernard, I do like quite a bit. I, I said earlier that I thought Tevin Coleman would catch a lot of passes against this defense last week. And it, it worked the opposite way. He ran for a lot, didn't catch a lot. Bernard's the same way. If I, if I thought Coleman could catch passes, Bernard can catch passes too. So I'll take Bernard to maybe catch five or six passes out of the backfield if they can't run the ball. And on the flip side, Carolina, like Derek said, it's all it's all Cam, it's all McCaffrey. And I don't even want Funchess this game. He's he's just – there's the upside in, in tougher matchups just isn't there. You know, you're looking like a like a Michael Crabtree kind of line there. Five catches for 50 yards, and, you know, his upside would be can he get in the end zone with two of those catches. 
hey, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to depend on a touchdown. I want a guy who's going to have that chance of putting up a hundred yard game. And I don't think Funchess is that guy. So it's just McCaffrey and Newton for me. And I'm hearing some DJ Moore talk out there. Yeah, you got a touchdown, but two targets in that last game. So tough to get too excited about that one. Jarius Wright playing a role there, Torrey Smith. So a lot of those pieces, uh, I don't have much interest in. A little bit more interest in Funchess than you, Chop. But Gio Bernard, I, I think definitely the story of that game, playable in all formats. All right, next game. Got three games left here on the main slate. Let's get to Giants and Texans, Chop. The Giants. Outside of Barkley catching a million passes, it, 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 they look bad. I mean, they lose a piece on the line. Eli Manning looks lost, and so now you got to go into Houston, uh, one of the better defenses in the league, in my opinion. And on the Houston side of things, pretty simple. Will Fuller's in the lineup. You, you want some exposure to Deshaun Watson. So is it all systems go for that Houston passing attack against the Giants? For the Giants, yeah, they look pretty darn atrocious on offense uh, outside of Saquon and and even Odell. Those are the only two guys I would even think about rostering here. And uh, the price tags aren't discounted on either one of them in any way. So it'd be tough. But I actually think this is probably – I think the Dallas defense is sneakier good than what people are going to give it credit for until they, until they see it for a few weeks. So – uh, I think this is a, a better matchup for New York than than Dallas was going against Houston, but still not a cakewalk. So I'm just a little bit of Barkley, a little bit of Beckham, but I'm not super stoked on that offense with that offensive line and Eli being so damn skittish. On the flip side, you're right, Watson, man. Once he gets Fuller back, now they're back at home. A healthy Hopkins, a healthy Fuller. Deshaun Watson can take off here. I wouldn't doubt if he puts up one of those four or five touchdown games here. So – I'm definitely into those three guys, and I'll pass on the uh, the running game here. It's just not – there's nothing – Lamar Miller's – he's toast, man. Yeah, I mean, is there anything more boring than Lamar Miller? Like, he, he gets the ball, but it's always 18 for 60, 15 for 40. It's it's never a big game. So, Derek, do you agree? Uh, are you playing uh, Mr. Vanilla, Lamar Miller, or is it the passing game for Houston and then – the Giants side, I mean, do we get a bounce back from Beckham? I think that could be one of those guys that bounces back this week. But tough matchup here with Houston. I'm not as down as everyone on Lamar Miller. He is averaging nearly five yards per carry this season. He's one of a handful of running backs to play at least 75% of the snaps in each of the first two weeks. He's finally playing at home. Could be a favorable game script for the first time. So uh, I don't hate him. Uh, 5K is not a bad price point. I know Alfred Blue's going to come in and still a little bit of work, but I don't hate him if you need a cheap running back that's going to be low-owned. Definitely have a ton of interest in Deshaun Watson. Everyone's like riding this guy off, and he had 27 fantasy points last week. Uh, Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins both over 100 yards on the road. Uh, they're coming home from their for their home opener against uh, a Giants defense that hasn't looked as good as I kind of expected it to at the beginning of the year. So, yeah, I'll play Watson. I'll play Hopkins and Fuller in tournaments. Definitely like that stack. As far as the Giants go, it's pretty much uh, Barkley and Beckham. Uh, they're probably both going to be under-owned a little bit this week, so uh, I'll have some shares in tournaments and just hopes that this game turns into a shootout. I know it's got a low total. I know both of these defenses uh, you know, have a lot of talent, but I think this game has some sneaky upside. And for my third and wrong last week, uh, Texans defense. Uh, I was so excited to play them once uh, all the tackles for the Titans were out and they gave up that fake punt uh, touchdown and <laughs> – Nothing happened after that. So that was my third and wrong last week. Yeah, they were hard not to play on DraftKings at least. 2,600 last week. And even when Clowney went out, I'm like, I'm still going to roll him. So 
I'm with you. Had a lot of exposure there, but love this passing game. You know, Watson bounced back in a big way last week, and even with that total, I agree, Derek. It looks lower than I expected to be. I love this Houston passing game. Uh, I'm going to leave Lamar Miller alone, but I'm going to go with Watson, Hopkins, and Fuller. Speaking of Tennessee, that's our next game. Tennessee going to Jacksonville. Derek, do we fire up the Jags defense? I mean, I, I don't know that Mariota is going to be ready to go here. So could be another Blaine Gabbert week. And no line on this game in most places, but Jacksonville D got to be at the top of our list. Do you agree? I hope Mariota's out again just so we can get some Gabbert revenge, you know? <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that really a thing? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, I would definitely be firing up the Jags defense in that uh, scenario. Really no interest in the passing game for the tight ends. And, you know, we kind of saw a bad week for Deion Lewis uh, against the Texans. It's probably well set up as a better game script. Pretty much the only way to attack the Jags is with a pass-catching running back. You know, we saw uh, James White have a pretty nice game last week. As far as the Jags go, going to have to wait on Fournette. Yeldon didn't quite have the game that uh, a lot of people were hoping for. I just don't think you can trust these backup running backs for Jacksonville. It's been, you know, last couple of years. Every time they've stepped up into a starting role, they just haven't really done a whole lot. So, no interest in Yeldon. Keelan Cole had that big game. I think he's going to be the number one. I know they're going to be rotating in the four receivers with Chark and Moncrief and D.D. Westbrook, but I still think Keelan Cole's the number one guy there. I like the price point at 5,600. Love the matchup. This is a pass funnel defense in the Titans, so definitely going to be taking some shots on Keelan Cole again. And don't forget Blake Wardles, guys. When Leonard Fournette sits out, this guy is averaging about 23 DraftKings points a game. Uh, I think it's a four or five game sample. So if you had some exposure last week, uh, definitely enjoyed it, and I think this could be another good spot. So, tends to step up without Leonard Fournette in the lineup. Chop, your thoughts, Titans and Jags? Uh, don't want any Tennessee players, and if uh, it doesn't, I don't It just depends on if the, uh, the offensive line is still as damaged goods this week, then I probably lock in Jacksonville's defense. If, if, they get their, if they get their two offensive linemen back off the inactive list, then maybe I'll lower that exposure on Jacksonville a little bit. But that was a huge deal last week. Remember that Houston also had to go without Jadavian Clowney last minute. So yeah. that was a pretty big blow to their defense. Uh, otherwise, they, they, they probably could have done better. But uh, Tennessee, regardless of Mariota or, or offensive linemen, I don't want any of those guys on the road in Jacksonville. And then on the flip side, everything hinges on Fournette. If he comes back – I probably don't want any piece of this Jacksonville team at all, to be honest with you. And if and if he's out, then, like you said, Bortles has shown that they're, they're better play callers when Fournette is out. They get him, they they give him better plays to work with. The receivers are in better position. So if Fournette's out, I have I want some exposure to this passing game. If Fournette's in, I'll probably fade this whole this whole game. All right, let's end with probably the game of the week, Chop. San Francisco, Kansas City. This total is up to 56. In some spots, I see a 56 and a half. I mean, Mahomes is on fire. This offense looks unstoppable. And San Francisco hasn't been great, but at Minnesota, they were in it and put up 30 points last week at home against the Lions. So do we get another shootout here? And can Patrick Mahomes possibly keep up this torrid pace? Well, I'll start off by pouring one out for my lineups that were awesome, except they had Jimmy Garoppolo in them last week. Uh, you know, you just, it's tough to compete with that when Mahomes and Roethlisberger are going off for 40-plus. 
And so Garoppolo, I was wrong on that one, but I'll come back to him again this week. A, a little bit of a higher price tag, but still reasonable. It's going to, he should have to throw it a lot more than he did last week. Um, not so sure I'm going to go back to Brieta this week with this kind of a game script. I don't know how much they're going to be running the ball. I know he's going to, he'll catch a few passes, but what is their willingness to throw to him in the, you know, in the first place? I don't know. So I don't know, man, it's tough to pair him with anybody. Garoppolo. I just, I just think he's going to come step in and get three, three plus touchdowns in this game. So I like him on the flip side, Kansas city. I, uh, in the preliminary lineups that I've kind of put together vaguely, just being bored last night, I've actually find myself quite interested in Kareem Hunt this week. Back at home, they've put up massive points so far. Kansas City has. Mahomes has nothing to prove. Like he's he's you know setting records over here for first two games. I could see them getting Kareem Hunt quite a bit of work in this game, and you know some of those inside the ten yard line instead of throwing it in the end zone, they run it in. I really like Kareem Hunt. Of course, you could go Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, even Sammy Watkins, Travis. They're all they're all good plays, but everybody knows that. If you want to be a little different, you go Kareem Hunt. Yeah, like that call. He's going to get it going eventually. So, huge total game, big favorites at home. That's what we look for in running backs. So, great call there, Chop. Derek, wrap us up here for part one of the podcast. We'll come back, obviously, part two and talk the afternoon game Sunday night, Monday night. But let's finish up here. Thoughts on 49ers and Chiefs. Got to pat ourselves on the back a little bit. All three of us talked up uh, Travis Kelsey last week over uh, Tyreek Hill, who was going to be more popular, ended up having that big game. Uh, naturally, I didn't play any of them, so uh, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, this is a really good game. I do like the hunt call quite a bit. You know, his numbers, touch numbers haven't been great so far this season, 17 and 19, but the Chiefs haven't ran a lot of plays. They've just been a lot of, uh, you know, big touchdown scoring drives and then uh, – They've kind of just been playing with the lead. So uh, I do expect uh, that to increase uh, his touch share moving forward. I like the price point at 6K. You guys mentioned home favorite. Always good for a running back. Still think Hill's viable in tournaments, but 8500 That's a really steep price point for me. Can't use him in cash games. Uh, and Tyree Kill, or Travis Kelsey is certainly viable, but again, I'd look to pay down at tight end, at least on DraftKings. So more of a fan duel play for me. Uh, definitely interested in the – San Francisco passing game. Jeremy Garoppolo just off to a slow start. I think he's going to get it going a little bit. I really hope Marquise Goodwin's back. If he is, I'll be firing him up. 5,500 is a good price point. If he's out, um, I still think we can look at Kittle. Let everyone down last week. This is a good time to hop back on him. That's just how NFL works sometimes. They're going to have bad weeks, even when we expect them uh, to have big weeks. And you just take advantage of that, take advantage of the recency bias, and play those guys that are just coming off of poor performances. Yeah, I think Kittle is this week's Kelsey, to be honest with you. I think he puts up similar numbers and at half the ownership or more that we saw last week. And Kareem Hunt at 6K, that one really jumps off the board. So a lot of interesting plays here. Just remember, guys, this is the one that everybody's going to stack up. So if you're going to do it, get creative, think outside the box. So that'll wrap up the analysis here in part one of the DFS OGs podcast. Come on back for part two. Again, we'll cover the afternoon games. Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football. We'll answer some listener questions. So, again, if you want to get your question on the show, just keep an eye on Twitter. I'll put a tweet out on Monday. All you can do is respond to that, and we'll pick the most creative ones. And, Chop, let the people know what we're looking for here, question-wise. What, what kind of questions would, uh, would our breaking news analysis want to see here? What, what do you want to see? 
So, you know, what we, what we don't want to do is sit here and talk about sit and start questions. I mean, honestly, guys, you know, we don't want to, but uh, if you like, when we come back for part two, we need to things like Derek needs to explain himself from that time in Vegas with the peanut butter jar that was empty by, by his yeah, trousers. That, that you was know? messed up. Yeah, we need to. So you come back in part two and maybe he divulges that story to us. But that's all the right. kind of stuff we want. Exactly. We want to have a little fun. We hope we hit on all the analysis. We can answer those kind of questions on Twitter. But we want to have a little fun mixed in here with the football. So just keep that in mind. we got a few good questions this week. But moving forward, that's what we're looking for. Talk a little light. Have a little fun. Lighten things up. So, again, come on back for part two or part one. I am Beer. Joined, as always, by Chop, Noto, and we'll see you back in part two, guys.